Yanks split both four-game series this week to officially end the first half of their season and head into the long-awaited All-Star break. They split one against the bad team in the O's and the other series against the good Cleveland team. Some really good moments this week. Some really bad, bad moments. But without further ado, let's bleed blue. And we're just going to go straight into the housekeeping since the intro already played. And I wrote my intro kind of weird. Housekeeping. We're going to create a SoundCloud account, right, everyone? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't yeah, want yeah. You want to know who hasn't done that yet? Mr. Boker. Mr. Boker. I haven't. You have not created it. No. Can you move closer to the microphone, too? I can't hear you. <laughs> Jesus. Come on. Get with the program. <laughs> Wake up, Boca. Come on, let's go. And he's, he's taking a drink and the microphone picked that up too. Oh my god. So 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 Boca, what what are you gonna do like tonight or tomorrow? What what are you gonna do? And tell everybody else what they should do as well. I'm gonna create a SoundCloud account and you should too. All right, you're gonna create a SoundCloud account. You're gonna follow the podcast, Bleeding Blue Podcast. You can go to soundcloud.com. Black, soundcloud.com backslash bleeding blue podcast you can just search it if you have the app follow us like every single episode share the podcast with your friends and loved ones follow me on twitter at jpanic74 tell me what you think of the podcast and talk sports with me if you don't have a twitter make one it's very easy the podcast had a great week in terms of listens, likes, and follows this past week and the week before that with our first Giants episode. So thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't listened to the first Giants episode, go and listen to that because that's still prevalent or relevant, you know, because the season still hasn't started and it's not going to start for a little while. And it's probably going to be relevant until the first week of training camp. And then we'll have some more Giants episodes since I know that's very much well awaited. But then also in terms of some other housekeeping items we have an exciting announcement from our very own renato who has started something himself on soundcloud would you like to share what it is renato sure so i've been doing a little bit of recapping the games all right i don't know if you guys listen to talking inks john boy and jake they do their own um recaps of the games i've been doing my own versions of the recaps of the games they've been pretty hilarious <laughs> so Follow me on, on my SoundCloud account, which I think it's Benfica V56, I believe. So follow me there. Get all the recaps of all the games. I've been slacking out the last couple. I apologize, but follow me, SoundCloud. And I've what I've done also is I've just searched in the search bar Renato Rodriguez, which is which is his name. And Rodriguez is not with the UEZ. It is with the UES. S Portuguese, okay? Portchop. S. So so the recaps. Pretty good. Pretty good so far. We'll start with you, Michael Bokra. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good today. A uh, little tired, but doing good. What you do today? 
I sat home, went to the gym, and came here. Awesome, awesome. So, Renato, how are you doing today? I mean, a little bummed. There's no Yankee baseball. I mean, a whole week without Yankee baseball is going to be pretty depressing in my book. I know we got the home run derby. I'm not really a big fan of the home run derby. I used to be a big fan. You know, Josh Hamilton away. You know, that was that was one of the, the all-time favorite moments of the home run derby. But now they that Yankee Stadium, right? Yankee Stadium. Yeah, they wait, got wait, 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 let me say it. Let me say it. The cathedral of baseball. Whoa. Yes. Yes, the cathedral of baseball. Right. <laughs> but yeah, besides besides that, I mean I'm I'm glad to be talking Yankees baseball. I'm hoping, hoping. But next time we talk about Yankees baseball before some some interesting acquisitions, hopefully. Oh boy. Oh boy, Renato, would you like to announce what's going to be coming later? In- oh, I, I, damn it! I didn't announce that in the housekeeping. I always miss something in the housekeeping, and I always kick myself after this. Renato, would you like to announce what we're going to be doing later in the week? So later on this week, what Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday for Friday release. All right. So we're gonna be talking trade deadline, and yes. You guys know, all know about our rants about the trade deadline. Woo! You know, all our rants. It's going to be live, exclusive, right? I love the trade deadline. It's my favorite time of the year. My favorite time of the year, too. Hypotheticals. Will Manny Machado go anywhere? Go to the Phillies, baby! Of course you would say that. Um, will the Yankees do anything? Hopefully they will be doing something to trade deadline. But again, stick around. Thursday, release day on Friday. Stick tuned for that. It's going to be lights. It's going to be camera. It's going to be rants. I like it. Thank you, Broker. That was good. That was really good. Lights, camera, rants. Probably going to have some rants today, too. Oh, yeah. I got one rolling up my sleeve. Oh, Broker's rolling Uh up his sleeve. Uh Uh-oh. Rolling up his sleeve. We're not starting that now. Not I know. Oh, oh, oh well, the don't, I don't. I don't want to be over here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Move your chair. My chair is as close as oh I can get. Oh my god. You guys are a mess. <laughs> I'm in my chair. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Brett. Yeah. We're still sure. doing. In, we're still doing introductions. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm and for the second week, rest. for the I'm second week, I, I'm doing great. Honestly. Honestly, I I like the home run derby. I don't know. I no longer what? love it because we used to have real stars in the home run derby. Right now we have semi stars slash nobodies. True. But it's but- basically going the way of the slam dunk contest. Remember back in the nineties and before they they had real stars. In like this- like ninety nine, right? What is that? Vince Carter one ninety nine. Yeah, real stars. Now it's you've never heard of anybody. Like who's Rice Hoskins? Like who's that? I mean, Reese Hoskins is a, is is a relative nobody. I, I like Reese Hoskins, but he's a relative nobody. I will I will admit that. And a lot of these guys are. Muncie, Max Muncie, honestly, Alex Bregman. These guys are nobodies. Nobodies. Yeah, at least at least basketball does. I mean, basketball does a phenomenal phenomenal job at marketing its stars, but baseball has that problem, and the home run derby is one of those events that you know it has this beautiful opportunity to market its market its stars and yeah they did it last year i mean let's just let's just be real like i was just describing i was just talking with boker about this how last year for judge and sanchez and stanton in miami 
we legit like i legitimately made a party out of the home run derby last year because i knew that it was going to be awesome and it did not disappoint yeah here not so much it was a party last year yeah us me and justin and uh, a couple of our friends we had a uh, a party at justin's house and uh we all were there to witness sanchez defeat stan huge upset and we were there to see judge win but Aaron Judge has uh, unfortunately cursed the home run derby for the rest of his life since he hurt his shoulder. Right. But you know, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We don't need to worry about any more injuries. All right? We need everybody 110% because second half we're going to go and destroy Boston. That sounds good. All right. So I thought of here's a little segment that's probably going to take 30 seconds to talk about. Bleeding Blues first doctor slash checkup report. report. No, not injury report. It is an injury report. Checkup. It's a checkup. Wait, are we doctors now? Right. It is an injury report. It's honestly just an excuse for me to talk about Glibber Torres and Gary Sanchez. It's freaking Glaber. Glaber, not Glaber. No, no, it's Glibber Gerd. All right. Glibber Gerd. Glibertorus. What is that? I heard Glibber good and I heard Glibber Gur. <laughs> what? Like a good Glibber, Torres is there. Anyway, <laughs> Glibber Torres is expected to be back July 23rd. Breaking news today. And our great friend of the podcast, Gary Sanchez, L. Gary, has already made a minor league start and hit a monster home run and nearly had a second one. So he will probably be back for the Mets series. You guys are playing the Mets again? Yep. Aroldis Chapman looks fine after being taken out against the Orioles earlier this week. Yeah, that was scary. <laughs> that was scary. And if you read, this past week was a really good uh, really good week for gifts. There was a lot of good uh, mouth you can read people's lips, lips moments this week. And you can just, you saw Aaron Boone's you know, the words that he was saying as he was walking to the mound to take Chapman out, and he was like, not worth it. So I think they just brought in Shreve afterwards. And that just tells right. you that just to, and we're this is part of this is part of the debate that we're gonna have. That just tells you how much Boone values some of these games or doesn't value some of these games. So but we'll talk about that. Aroldis Chapman is a tank. Despite having tendonitis in his knee, he goes on, he has two saves against the Indians. This past series against Cleveland, he goes out. He does his job. He's going to participate in the All-Star game by sitting on the bench and doing nothing, which is exactly what I want all Yankees oh, to do. Remember, remember, he's not even on the team anymore. Oh, he's not even there. Oh, no, 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 no. He's, he's like, I'm not even going to be a part of this. I'm going I'm going away for the week. I'm going to bother Chapman. He's at the All-Star game in uniform. But he's not He's not part of the team. They, they, they took his roster spot out for... um. Uh, it was a pitch. I forget. Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. There you go. Right. You said that he packed up and went on vacation. He's there. <laughs> he's on vacation, but he's still, having a good time in Washington. He's still, he's still an all star. He's just not he on the team. He's just, he just in street clothes. Come yeah. Or all this Chapman is a tank. He is okay. Now, another guy. Now, this is somebody who I don't really have an update on him. Johnny Lasagna. I have no clue what's going on with Johnny Lasagna. He had an MRI on his shoulder this past week. The MRI showed shoulder infl inflammation. So I guess he's going to be out for a while. I doubt for two months, I think, from the last I heard. 
Oh, Jesus. So, not the biggest deal since Masahiro Tanaka is back. And hey, Tanaka is back. And he looked good. And we'll talk about Masahiro Tanaka as well. So I guess it's not the biggest deal, um, especially with the trade deadline approaching and maybe an arm is acquired. But we hope Johnny Lasagna gets well. This checkup report was honestly just an excuse to talk about Gliber Torres and Gary Sanchez since I missed talking about them and we haven't seen them for a while. So I, hopefully I missed them. I missed them tears. So hopefully they they make uh, Renato's top five in the next upcoming few episodes. Please. Well, yeah, at least one of the injury guys did make my top five vote. So without further ado, now why don't we just get right into it? Renato's top five Yankee moments of the week. Let's right. do it. And this time around, I'm gonna go by dates. Okay, so this might not see the ranking might not be what you think it might be, but it's, it's chronological order just make a little more sense to what's happening out there. So number one, the second game of the doubleheader against Baltimore. We we come out, we're like, yeah, we lost that first game. Yeah, no, no, no. We would have come out, we're gonna destroy them. Six RBIs combined by the Guardy Party. Of course, the guy keeps partying all day, all night. And of course, the Romaine lettuce, Romaine, six RBIs combined. And of course, wait where? Luis Sessa. Yes, Luis Sessa. Six shutout innings. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Six shutout innings. Luis Sessa. Yankees win that game 10 to 2, I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they pull Luis Sessa not because the pitch count was high, but because he was actually on a pitch count? Yes, yes, he was on a pitch count because he just came off of injury. So he was rehabbing down in the minor leagues and just came up for that one start. Yeah, so who would have thought CC gets rocked the first game and he doesn't really look good? And usually the Baltimore Orioles, who are swing and miss happy, CC Sabathia couldn't get the swings and misses, and Louis Sessa did, and he gave you six shutout innings. Go figure. That's baseball, Susan. That, 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 that is baseball. And guess what? What? It gets better. <laughs> it gets better. Number two, we're going to get some a salami by Bye Bye Birdie. Yes, Greg Bird, salami. And then, and then, wait, no, 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 no. We got a little bomb by Lettuce. You know, Lettuce likes to be on my top five this, this week, apparently. And then, wait, wait. Tyler Wade? Third Major League Homer? Tyler Wade. Third Major League Homer. Right, it gave the Yankees nine runs, but no, no, that's not the biggest story of this game, right? Wait, wait, listen to this, guys. Pay attention, all right? Make sure your ears are, are working properly for this one. Sonny Gray, six scoreless innings. You heard this right. Six scoreless innings. When everything was downhill for Sonny Gray, he somehow pulls one out of his hat and throws six scoreless, and the Yankees won nine nothing. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't have my hearing aid in. Wait, what was that? Sunny Gray, right? You know, you know the, the the one that everyone hates, the one that has like a six year right? Uh huh. He pitched six scoreless innings against the the Baltimore Orioles. I know it's only one star, guys. Only one star. So don't let's not throw celebrations of fireworks yet. But I don't know if you heard me. I also say it, it was it was a triple A rehab start. Amen. Sunny Gray, yes, it was a triple A rehab start. I understand. Let's not get too crazy. Let's see how he does against the Mets on uh, Saturday. But yeah, six scoreless innings. I'm still done with Sonny Gray, by the way, though. 
I'm still like, uh, with oh, him me, me too, me too. Don't don't get me wrong. But I, listen, I thought we were gonna get destroyed in that game. All of a sudden, he throws scores in. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Am I in an alternate universe or something? And do you know why he threw six scoreless innings? Do you know why? Take a guess why. Explain to us, Michael Book. Well, go ahead. Explain to them to the masses. Because it was my birthday on Wednesday, and he knew I was watching, and he knew I would be pissed if he didn't come out against the Orioles. And throw a gem. And he did. So, you know what? Good, good job, Sonny. Thank you, Sonny Gray. Keep it up, babe. So let's, uh, so, let's maybe give a little love. A little love to Tyler Wade. Like, like really, like, now, it's a very, again, it's, a, it's still a very small sample size. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with Neil Walker. Disco oh, Neil wait, Walker. wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. I think Neil Walker should get his his luggage packed and out the door at this point. We do not yeah, need I, Neil Walker. No, no space in this team. No I mean, I really think once Brandon Jury's service time thing is over, and I don't know if I have talked about this on the podcast, but here I'll just I'll just talk about it right now. Really address it really quick. The reason why Brandon Jury's in AAA and the Yankees are kind of smart about this because they're a smart team, they're a smart franchise, they're a smart organization. They're keeping Brandon Drury and Tommy Canely for that matter in AAA because if they keep them down there for a certain amount of time this year, they gain an extra year of service time on their contracts in terms of years one through six before you can be officially enter free agency in Major League Baseball. So they're in AAA. Tommy Canely, I think there's some injury factors, but Brandon Drury more specifically is in AAA to gain another year of service time. It's smart on their end because – if you gain another year of service time, that's a bigger bigger and better trade bargain. It makes Brandon Drury more valuable. Not saying maybe this year, but maybe next year and years and, and years after this. But anyway, Tyler Wade comes up, and he made some very noticeable changes to his swing. He's a lot quicker to the ball now. The, the bat speed was probably the biggest problem. You know, he, would bat, he had a high batting average in AAA. Pitchers are a lot slower. They don't move as much in AAA. Pitches are a lot faster. The game's a lot faster in Major League Baseball. He made some changes. He looks good and high effort player. High effort player, speed guy. He made some really nice defensive plays. It seems yeah. like he's a guy like that we need right now, unlike Neil Walker. I I one hundred percent agree with that. And I, like I said, I I like Neil Walker. I always liked him on the Mets. I liked him on the Pirates. But I just think we have too many infielders right now on this team, and I think. Wade deserves a shot right now because you still got Drew in the minor leagues. You still got Torres with deal with his family issues. He'll probably be in the max by September again. So they got a lot of infielders. I just think Walker, despite being hot last couple of games, I think time for you to pack it back. Yeah, and I think yeah. the reason why he's hot is because Neil Walker, and this is not, you know, this is not a knock on Neil Walker. It's kind of just he's like a victim of circumstance right now. Yeah. Neil Walker is a major league hitter, he's a major league. He is. Bat, you know he's a major league, he's a major league ball player. Major league ball players need everyday at bats. It is very very rare. And what Ronald Torres does really what it, what he does I've been so thankful for these past few weeks ever since he's been gone. And you know I guess Bleeding Blue is going to give our well wishes to his his wife is currently ill and you know so he's going to be gone for a little while and he's been gone from the team for a while in AAA or whether they may call him up to the major leagues when he comes back. But really what he does, 
he can hit 330, like 330, 350 off the bench. Neil Walker can't do that. Neil okay. Walker needs his everyday at-bats. And we've seen when he's gotten his everyday at-bats since Glaber's been hurt, he's been pretty good. But when he doesn't get them and he's just like a bench player who comes off the bench twice every five days or twice every six days, the results haven't panned out. I agree. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Number three. All right. We got a little clutch factor going on in Cleveland, y'all. You thinking, right, it's Luis Severino, Corey Kluber, two of the best pitchers in all baseball, right? You're thinking, you know, this is going to be maybe a one nothing, 2-1 there. Not too many runs. No. Eighth inning. It's 4-4. <laughs> I was watching, I was listening to this game on the radio. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Both pitchers stunk the joint out of this one. But that's baseball, Susan, as Justin would say. And it was 4-4 in the eighth, right? And since the Indians absolutely positively have no bullpen whatsoever, and that's going to be the weakness come playoff time once they make the playoffs, and they're not going to succeed because of that. Kluber was still out there. And then Hicks hits one. To the, no, 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 not to the sticks. No, no, no. Off the wall, RBI double. Fall by, wait, wait, bye, bye. No, not bye bye, Birdie. No, no, no. Just a sack fly for Birdie, which of course is everyone's favorite one in baseball, right, Justin? You would say? It's like my second or third favorite way to score a run in baseball. Sure. I love the sack fly, right? Give a little assurance before a guardy, a girl's yardy for a second straight time. And the Yankees win 7-4. to four. Yeah, it was kind of crazy to see, I mean, really in this game, like Corey Kluber doesn't really have his stuff. And then... Nobody had their stuff that game. No, no, I mean, nobody had their stuff, but 114 pitches into the eighth inning, and he's still in there. And he still has an opportunity to kind of like put the team in a position to win, which is kind of crazy. And that just lets you, that just really lets you know how good he is. Oh, we're going to talk about Hicks. Oh, should we just talk about Hicks right now? Talk about Hicks right now. Let's Absolutely. just talk about Hicks right now. Okay. that's what I, I said that I wanted to center, center this episode on your moments, so we're going to do it. So I was at work, and Aaron Hicks probably had the biggest hit of the game, right? Like, I think that's – That's think the that's biggest hit of the game, no question. Biggest hit of the game. So let's talk about Aaron Hicks. Now, I haven't made this, like, public on, like, the podcast, but I am not – a fan of Aaron Hicks at all. Like there was a question that somebody put on Twitter and it said, it basically said what player, no matter what they do, will you always love? And then what player, no matter what they do, will you always hate? And I think I've made this public, no matter what this player does, I will always love them. Gary Sanchez. And no matter what this player does, Aaron Hicks, I will always not hate. That's, that's a strong word, but always kind of like, dislike and have a bit of bias against and this is actually a good question i want to ask the rest of you and i'm not going to start with brett because he has his microphone on mute so renato i'm going to start with you what yankee player no matter what they do will you always love or no matter what they do will you always have some sort of bias against all right so for the ones i I can't pick two for the ones i love yes all right these are the two guys who i followed since they were in the minor league. I've been following these guys ever since they came up. Like, I've been a big, big, big fan, no matter what all the doubt is say about these two. That's Aaron Judge and Luis Severino. They've always been my boys. They'll always continue to be my boys. And those are the two guys who I always will support no matter how good or how bad they do. Always support them 
And for the guy, the guy that I hate. Oh, that's a tough one. I I think you, you know the answer to this one. I think you might know the answer to this one. It's a bird. No, no, no. I I, I like bird. Come on, who's the guy, one guy who I hate seeing come in all the time? Oh, it's uh, Batansis. No, Shreve. Oh no, well no, Shreve doesn't count Shreve because he's count. on everybody. He's on everybody's shit list. <laughs> all right, um, let me think of someone else. I think of someone else. Um, you kind of have a bias against Batansis. I, I mean, I, I get, I'm, I, I was, a, I get, he's one of those guys. I saw in AAA. He didn't have the starting stuff, but I knew he'd be a, be a big leaguer. I did have a feeling. Um, that's a tough one. I got my guy. Can you say Neil Walker or no? No, you can, no, I, I guess you could say Neil Walker. We'll take that. I will say Neil Walker. We'll say Neil Walker. All right, so Michael Boker, what are your couple answers here? I'm also going to pick two guys. Two guys. For no matter what they For do, no you'll always what, love. Yes. Okay. Um, that would be... Aaron Judge, number one. And number two is Giancarlo Stanton. And the reason why I'm picking really? Giancarlo Stanton is everybody was hating on him. Everybody was booing him. You're, you're the stand backup. You, you, you 100% support Giancarlo. And I 100% support yeah. him because I was the one who believed in him the most on this podcast from day one. Probably like, in all honesty, probably like the most out of like the entire fan base. I would say, I would say so. I would say so. But the guy that I will always hate the most, no matter what he does, even though he's not currently on the Yankee roster right now, it will be Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury. That's not fair. You cannot pick. No, no, no. That's actually a really good one because Jacoby oh, Ellsbury. Jacoby Ellsbury's numbers with the Yankees, he's not like a bad ball player. He's like a solid to average ball player. It's just the contract. So that's actually a really good answer. That's not fair. I can't pick you, but you can pick Ellsbury. That's not fair. Because Ellsbury is a better ball player than Chase and Shreve is. Whatever. Yep. What about you, you, Justin? How about you? Yeah. I already said mine. I forget. What was it? I said Gary Sanchez and Aaron Hicks. So anyway. Aaron Hicks. This is what we. This is this is basically the whole the whole point of this. Aaron Hicks. Now this now again this this statement is coming from a guy who no matter what Aaron Hicks does, I'm always going to have some sort of bias against him. Hate is like I said, hate is a strong word because you always root for guys in pinstripes. Okay, Aaron Hicks. The second and I put this as a question in my notes. This is not a question. Because the positional numbers can back this up. Aaron Hicks is the second best center fielder in the American League. <laughs> Renato, you, you don't believe me? I call I call BS on that one. You call BS. I don't care what the stats say. He is not the same. He's in a, he's maybe average. All right. So we're uh, gonna... no, no, no. I'll, I'll argue with that. I'll argue with that point, Renato. I will not say he's average because there are far Worst the field is he's average. in the American League and in all of baseball in general that are worse than Aaron Hicks. In center Offens- field? In center offensively, offens- listen to me, offensively and defensively, I would say Aaron Hicks is a little bit better than average. Not average, better than average, but not the greatest. 
I say in terms of left and weight, I agree with you, but in terms of center fielders, no, I think he's average. The numbers say otherwise. I don't care about the numbers. So the numbers. So now that we had kind of like our eye test and you have Boker. So you said like you think Aaron Hicks is like average in terms of center field. No, 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 no. A, a little bit above average. Above average. Okay. Then Renato doesn't believe it. Yeah, no, Renato don't believe it. Okay. I say a little bit above. Okay. So we're going to start with my favorite stat. And we had a bit of a, we had a bit of a, not of a, not of an argument this week, but um, some, the uh, Brett, Brett and Renato were getting on me for my love over OPS, which is on base, per, on base percentage plus slugging. Okay. So Mike Trout obviously leads the American League center fielders with a 1.06 that's OPS. Incredible. That's incredible. Now, OPS is a great stat. Okay. So, and when you look at OPS, and if you're kind of new to baseball st- statistics, kind of like I am, here's what the rating for OPS is, okay? Because I already said it's on-base on percentage plus slugging. If you have a 1.0 OPS or higher, that is excellent. You are Mike Trout. You are Babe Ruth. You are, you, that's like an MVP caliber season right there, okay? Great is a 0.9 OPS, so 900 OPS. If you are at a 900 or higher OPS in between 900 and 1.0, you're great. That is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you could still argue, you know, you're still in a conversation for an MVP. Above average, 800 to 900 or 800 to 899 is above average. 710 higher is average. 670 is below average 600 is a poor OPS. And then if you're below 570, that's awful. Okay. So that's kind of like your rating when you want to look at some different baseball statistics, other than average OPP home runs, RBIs, etc. So like I said, Mike Trout is at, at a 1.06. Mike Trout's having one of his best seasons to date. And that's pretty scary because Mike Trout's already very good. Second in the American league for center fielders. Aaron Hicks has a 0.839 OPS. So on the scale, that is above average. Third is somebody named Leonis Martin. Am I pronouncing that name right? Leonis Martin from the Detroit Tigers. And his OPS is a 758. Again, who's Leonis Martin? Exactly. And then just for some context... George Springer, because I think, you know, I guess that's the most notable center fielder. You know, oh, you can say, oh, you know, where do you, how do you rate center fielders in the American League? You go Mike Trout, George Springer, and then everybody else, right? George Springer is fourth on this list Hmm. at 749 OPS. So that's only an average. That's about an average number. If you go to some other numbers, slugging, Mike Trout, first, 606, incredible. Aaron Hicks, 491. Leonis Martin, 431. Next, OBP. Mike Trout is first, 454. Second, you guessed it, Aaron Hicks. Average. Mike Trout, first with the 310. And then you got to go down to fifth on the list for Aaron Hicks, who has a 249. But again, Mr. Rodriguez, what's one of my favorite catchphrases that I say on this podcast? Uh, refresh my memory. Boker has it. Justin does not like batting average. 
It's not that I don't like it. He dislikes batting average. It's not that I don't like Just batting like average. It. It's just that batting, all batting average does is it just shows contact. It does not show productivity, okay? So Aaron Hicks, yeah, out of all those things that I've read so far, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, and a reminder, OPS is a combination of OBP and slugging. Aaron Hicks, as of right now, still is the, still statistically is the second-best outfielder in the American League. So let's go. Aaron Hicks is a statistically the second-best batter in the American League? No, it's center fielder. A center fielder? Yes. Are there no center fielders in the American League? Well, George Springer is not having that fantastic of a year. And I'm going to continue on with, we're going to, we, Brett, we already covered OPS. We already covered slugging. We covered everything, Brett. You missed it. You missed it. So now we're going to go right, we're going to go into RBIs. Mike Trout leads the pack, 50. George Springer, second with 46. Aaron Hicks is third with 44. So really, even though Mike Trout has started 97 game, George Springer has started 96. Aaron Hicks has been in 76 games this year, and he's only four RBIs behind. I'm sorry, I can I can do math. Six RBIs behind Mike Trout. Mike he's Trout won- doesn't have anybody on his team. That's also true, but you can't ignore that Aaron Hicks has played in virtually what's 97 minus 76. Quick math. 21. Boom. I'm good. 21 games. Aaron Hicks has played in 21 less games than Mike Trout. Where does Hicks bat in the lineup? Like, well, actually, that's a great question because he bats everyone has put him everywhere in the lineup from third, cleanup, first, six, first. seventh. He's put him everywhere in the lineup. Where does Trout bats like second? Yeah. Second, second and third. Yeah. So on average, he's not going to have as many runners on even. No, but my my overall point is I'm just I'm just looking at the statistics here. I'm not making any excuses for anybody. It's I'm just solely looking at you know numbers here, and especially when you look at games played. And it's not like oh Aaron Hicks is injury prone. It's just because the Yankees have such a stacked outfield that they can rotate these guys. And if you know you saw how many times has Judge been the DH? You at know, least like half the games, I'm sure. Yeah, this this series he was the DH almost every game in the Indian series because he's playing in the All Star game and Giancarlo is not, so all of these guys are rotating, and Aaron Hicks just hasn't played in as many games, but he's still putting up these amazing numbers. That career numbers, by the way, for him. Career numbers. I mean, now I'm now I mean amazing. I don't mean like MVP caliber. I don't even mean All Star caliber. But for what? The eye test, right? Because the eye test says Aaron Hicks isn't that great of a ball player, right? He's a guess hitter. Yeah, high, very good defense, like like gold glove defense. But the hitting, it bothers you because of some of the, the strikeouts, even though he only has 62 strikeouts on the season. But again, it's because he's played in 21 less games. So take that with a grain of salt. But... I don't know. I've always been very biased against Aaron Hicks, but I was really looking at these numbers today, especially since OPS. I love OPS. There's Mike Trout, and then you go down a, a, a big step down on the ladder is Aaron Hicks. He has an above-average OPS, and then the rest of the center fielders in the American League have about an average OPS. So do you think that's going to be the way it's going to be at the end of the season? Honestly, I, mean, I think yeah. so. I mean, Aaron Hicks, uh, his past 
I mean, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the numbers could be a little bit inflated because, like I said, he has had a really, really hot couple weeks. His last 30 games, he's had 109 at-bats, 10 home runs, 18 RBIs, 15 walks, 248 average, which is where he, you know, 250 average is about the type of hitter that he is going to be, 341 OBP. 569 slugging. The last 15 games, he's had five home runs, 10 RBIs, 11 walks, and 235 average. Okay, so that's a bit lower, but 381 OBP, 588 slugging. And then the last seven games have he's really cooled off the last seven games. So the numbers could be inflated because he's had a really, really good month. But this is kind of this this kind of like what we should expect from Aaron Hicks. You think? I don't know, man. I mean, Aaron Hicks seems to be a guy, to me, that's going to get you a nice streak going, and then he'll fall off the table just in his career so far. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, it's kind of, that's kind of what Brett Gardner is, and we all, I mean, at least at least I, I, I do. We all love Brett, Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner, Brett, Gardner's a, Brett Gardner has been streaky every single year in his career. Yeah, of course. But he's played more games, obviously. Right, right, right. So, all right. So that's that's my that's my spiel on Aaron Hicks. That probably went a lot longer than I wanted it to. That did go a lot longer than I wanted to. Okay. So Aaron Hicks, he's good. I kind of have a bias against him, but okay, that's great. Renato, we yes. resume. Back to you in your in your moments. All right, we're going number four. Didi and Bird continue to reign. Over Cleveland with some more bombs, more attacks over Cleveland. And then guess what happens? It's 4 4. Again, another 4 4 uh, scenario. Lettuce goes into the gap, goes off the wall. He goes in the second. They tr- and they, they bobbled the, the play in the outfield. He's going to go for third. Here's a play, not in time. And the ball goes in the dugout. Little league inside the park home run. So the lettuce and the bullpen shuts it down. The Yankees win 5-4. And they earned the split over the Indians, but that's just because of what happens in the next moment. But, yeah, the Yankees win this game 5-4. All right, so before we get to the next moment, I have a question for you, Renato. Yes. What is the owner of the Cleveland Indians' name? What is his name? I, I know what his name is. What's his name? His name is Sir Didi of the North. <laughs> The king in the north. <laughs> it is amazing. He he owns Cleveland and Cleveland. He owns them. And oh, D.D. Gregorius can't hit on the road. And oh, D.D. Gregorius, my favorite quote of the year. I'm not a home run hitter. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. If we can just get D.D. playing in Cleveland. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to face him in the playoffs again. I want to face him in the playoffs. Playoffs? I want to face them in the playoffs. Wow. I want to face them in the playoffs. They're a dangerous team. They're actually like a really dangerous team. They are. They're a good hitting team, but I just again the the bullpen absolutely is atrocious. If yeah. they if they get they're they're gonna get Andrew Miller back. Like that's gonna be a thing that's gonna happen. And then well, the time they get him back, you have like what maybe a month left the season. They're gonna they're gonna trade for somebody else. Uh, we'll see. They're gonna they're gonna have to get somebody else in that bullpen. We're gonna trade though. I I don't I don't know. This is now this isn't a this isn't a talking uh, tribe podcast here, okay? But, um, 
I don't I don't know who they have in their farm system, but you know they probably could get Andrew Jones, right? And then Andrew Jones, if from from Baltimore, Andrew Jones, this is base center fielder back in the day. Adam Jones. Adam Jones. God damn it. Justin. Stop insulting my center fielder. Adam Jones. They're probably going to get Adam Jones. And then um, they're probably going to get another bullpen guy. And they're going to be a really scary team. And I love – I also love Jose Ramirez. Uh, like, uh, okay. I'm, okay. I'm done. I don't um, like that. That's, that just I know you don't like – but he's a really good ball player. And the fact that he's like 5'9 or 5'8 and – I just, I, I just, I think it's gonna be just a breakout year. I don't think really anything special. Renato, I agree with you, by the way. But keep in mind, Jose Ramirez finished third in the MVP voting last year. I know. So he's a little, he's a little, he's a little porker. That guy. All right. So now I kind of want to, since Greg Bird got another, another call on your top five Yankee moments. Got of the two week. today. You got two today. Got two. Uh. And oh boy, am I happy. Because I am a member of the Greg Bird fan club because John Boy is the founder of the Greg Bird fan club. <laughs> I like to say that I am a member of the Greg Bird fan club. So, Greg Bird. How are we feeling about Greg Bird? Like, how, like I, before, I, before I start reading off some numbers, like, how, do, how, do we, how do we feel that Greg Bird's like starting to like hit the ball now? How do we, how do we feel? Can I be honest? Can, can we see this Greg Bird every, every day of the season, please? Wait, 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 Brett. Can you just can you just repeat what you just said, please? I said Hall of Fame. Right oh, after that, can I be honest? Because Renato has been riding this guy for like years now. I have been, but I, I bet I bet I, I was slowly going downhill with him, and he's getting me back up again. I'm I'm, I'm happy. Oh, okay. So a couple of weeks now, you're, he's hot, and, and now and now he's the next Yankee, great. I'm not saying Yankee. I'm not saying. Whoa, whoa, come, yes, come, you no. did actually because. What did I say that? Yes, you did. You said that Greg Bird is the best hitter on this team. He still is. No, I said that, Brett. I said Greg Bird has the potential to be the best hitter on this team. Rado agrees. Yeah, I I know he agrees because we're smart Yankee fans. It's it's Bird 1 and Sanchez 2. Okay. I guess reality somehow took a uh, backseat at Yankee Stadium. No, 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 no. I know my reality spot. No, no, no. Oh, boy. All right, so so Michael Boker, how do you feel about Greg Bird's bit of a bit of a resurgence this past week against the O's and the Tribes? Um, I'm really I'm really loving what I'm seeing. I mean, who who name a Yankee fan or who is a Yankee fan right now that isn't happy with what Greg Bird has done this past few games, few series? He's been on an absolute tear. And that's what you want to see coming from a guy who's been so injury prone over the past few seasons. That's what you want to see coming from this guy who has the potential, like Justin said, to be one of the best hitters on the team. And, and honestly, this bird is reminding me a little bit of the spring training that he had, that spring training tip that he was on. This 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 bird right now is reminding me of that that spring training uh, bird that we had. So hopefully, he can stick around for a little bit. You know, that's a that's a really good point, Renato, because what he was doing that spring training, you know, I'm no I'm no hitting coach, all right? But he just had there's a bit of a you, you kind of get like a feeling right. of when Greg Bird has it and when he doesn't, right? Especially when the the swings that he takes, the way that he takes pitches at the plate, 
we've kind of been watching Greg Bird on and off since 2015, and you can kind of get this feeling of when he has it and when he doesn't. He's really had it in that particular spring training that Renato's talking about. That was last year's spring training, correct? Where he just this year, this like year. He, oh, it was, it was this year's where he yeah. just looked like Bryce Harper. <laughs> Don't you remember he got hurt like right right in the last spring training game? All right, so that was that was this year's spring training. Okay, I thought it was last year's. No, no, yeah, you're right. I'm stupid. I've been having some really really bad moments this podcast. I apologize, but um, Greg Bird, he's had it. Like it's it's been there. So the last so here we'll just we'll just go through some splits of Greg Bird. So the last 30 games. And this is going to be one of my points is that even when Greg Bird has been quote unquote off this season after he came back from getting another bone removed in his foot, how many more bones th- does this man have left in his in one of his foots? I feel like every single one has been removed. <laughs> last 30 games. Greg Bird, 6 home runs, 17 RBIs, 17 walks. 221 average, 345 OBP, 453 slugging. The OBP is what I like. The slugging is what, you know, that's not a that's not a good slugging percentage. You know, he gets on base, sure, but right now he's batting at the bottom of the lineup. He's not really going to have a lot of people driving him in. So yeah, Greg Bird, if you're at the bottom of the lineup, we need you producing some runs when there's going to be runners on base. Okay. Last 15 games, very different story. 52 at bats, 13 hits, five home runs. 15 RBIs, six walks, 250 average. Hey, that's pretty damn good for Greg Bird. 328 OBP, 577 slugging. And then the last seven games, of course, is this is where we're really talking about, you know, the, the last, you know, we have, we've had eight games in seven days this week since our last podcast. And this is when Greg Bird has really gone off. 26 at-bats, seven hits, three home runs, 12 RBIs, 269 average, 300 OBP, slugging 692. He's really, 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 really carried the offense this week. Agree. Obviously, with the with the error that he had, <laughs> what what did he, he had? He had two home runs. That, he had two home runs that game where he committed that error, right? Uh, there's just well, I think it's just one in a sack fly. Yeah, it was one in a sack fly. All right, but you know he produced a ton five. of runs. Yeah, he produced five runs that game. Yeah. So yeah, so he produced a ton of runs that game. And unfortunately, when he should have been the player of the game, he was kind of not really kind of the reason why they lost the game, but he on the play, that was a bad moment. I'm disregarding that for my brain. So you <laughs> should too. Everybody should too. You mean the scope hit to win the game? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Just, just making sure our, viewers, our listeners know what you mean. Yes, the, the Jonathan Scope little 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 single off the glove of Bird, and the Orioles actually won a game for the one the one to their lives. Well, it was hit pretty hard. Yeah, a little bloop single to yeah, And the runner was obstructing yeah. a little bit, but you know, Bert, he, oh, a little bloop single. Should have, he should have made the play. I mean, you know, he should have made the play. But I'm just I, saying. I told him out of that. I, I told him. It's a, it's a baseball, Susan. It's okay. It's baseball. Yeah. You know, and but that shouldn't like you know we have to throw that in there. Unfortunately, you know. Just to be real, we have to be real with everybody about you know. Okay, so even though Greg Bird's had this fantastic week, not quite Babe Ruth. No, he's not Babe Ruth right now. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Good. Stop it, Brett. <laughs> Here's what I will tell you though. So in our group chat, we were talking about launch angle today. Launch angle. Um, this is why Greg Bird is so important to this Yankees team and his ability to get the ball in the air. 
lefty in Yankee Stadium. He's a power hitter. I talked about a few weeks ago about Gary Sanchez, how important it is for him to get the ball in the air as opposed to putting it on the ground because his average of when he puts the ball in the air is the best in Major League Baseball, and his average when he puts the ball on the ground is worse than Major League Baseball. Greg Bird, in 2018, now this is just in 2018, short on 164 plate appearances, so small sample size. Average launch angle on contact, 18.7 degrees. Hmm. What is the Major League Baseball average? Anybody want to guess? 17? No. 15? No. 10? Higher. 12? 22. No. 12? 12. Yes. So that's a very, that's a vast, vast, vast difference. I'm not really that like familiar with launch angle, but I know that's what a lot of teams look for. You know, high strikeout, high launch angle, right? High average launch angle in terms of degrees. Greg Bird has a sweet swing. Launch angle's high. He's a lefty. He can hit for some power. I'll take some pop flies that are going to wind up to be home runs. And Greg Bird, is if he can do it on the road, he can certainly do it at home. I'm going to be excited to see what he can do. He's going to get some rest for the All-Star break. I'm excited to see what he can do against the Mets. The Let's Go Mets. The New York Metropolitans. The worst team in baseball. Bernardo, what yep. is your last Yankee moment of the week? It is Tanaka time. Hallelujah. Tanaka is finally back in the pinstripes. How long was he out for, Justin? Oh, how long he was out for? He was out for like since the Subway Series against the Mets and Queens. Right. And that's the game we were at. I remember we were at that game. June. That was like in early June. Yeah, so almost a month and a half he was out. Uh, unfortunately, because of Aaron Boone, we lost this game, which I know we're going to read a little bit more about in a little bit about Aaron Boone. But, um, oh, worst manager in baseball, probably, right? No, no. Oh. relax. We're going to get to it. Relax, Kalma. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, Tanaka only gave up the two runs on the, on the home run by the freaking pair, Aaron Carnacion, which I hate. I freaking hate the pair. <laughs> But, yeah, bad loss. I think he's going to the break. But at least Tanaka seemed like the old Tanaka again. Hopefully we get some some good Tanaka time and we get some more pitching for this rotation. So I'll tell you one thing. Tanaka was extremely, extremely efficient. And that's what you like to see out of a pitcher, right? Again, another one of those games where, you know, guys coming off of an injury, pitch count. Got to get him out, or no? Really, when when they took oh. him out, it was it was a good spot to take yeah. out Tanaka. But regardless, the pitch count was very low. He looked really good, it dis- despite always giving up the once every five days home run. Like we just yeah. know, we you just know Tanaka's going to home run. You know that. We just know that that's going to come. If it's a solo shot, if it's a two run shot, I guess you can live with it as long as he just doesn't give up another one. And he didn't. And he really pitched well enough to win the game, but it was a loss. So really, um, Renato, I was really surprised to see that you kind of stretched the rules here or the unwritten rules of your top five moments and you put a loss as one of the the moments. I, I'll, I'll be quite frank on that one. I only have four moments. 
with the wins this week. So I wanted to put put at least some some sort of a positive feel to a loss, even though I had four moments left. But it is oh, poor Yankees fans. So I actually, you want to hear a little suggestion I have for Masahiro Tanaka? What's your suggestion, Michael Boker? What do we got? So we all know, like all Yankee fans should or already know, that Tanaka's problem is the long ball, correct? Correct. I would like to see Tanaka, especially up against very good hitters, I want to see him nibble the corners. You don't think he tries? No, I don't. Because you know why? Really? You know why? I hunted the screen that I could see you. You know why? Why? Because Tanaka does not like to walk anybody. True. It, it is okay. It Listen, occasional walks are perfectly fine when you have the room to put runners on base. I would rather see a walk than a long ball. I disagree. Well, then, honestly, because then when he does allow the home run, exactly, a three-run home run or a grand slam. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Tanaka does not give up a home run to every single person on the team. I want to see him nibble the corners. If a guy is a free swinger and a ball is borderline. Nibble the corners. Let the let let the opposing batter swing away. Wait, let him swing. I, I've seen what some. Is, what, is everybody, what is everybody? Everybody pushes panic, but I hate when people push panic. And what you guys just did is you push the panic button. Well, when he when that happens, then he's gonna give up an automatic three run, two run grand slam home run. No, he does not walk anybody. He needs if uh if the base is open, give a walk. You have two outs. You have one out. Give a walk, especially the really good hitters, because then you see the long ball go. It happens almost every friggin' time. Give up a walk occasionally. It's okay to give up a walk. How many? Severino gives up. Well, everybody gives up a walk. Tanaka is one of those pitchers that does not like to walk. And he gets pissed off at himself when he does walk somebody. Now, I can understand where Boca is coming from. At a, in a way, because especially when you get into a three-two count, guys like Sonny Gray and Masahiro Tanaka, Tanaka definitely has more swing and miss stuff in his put-away pitch, being a splitter and a slider. So he definitely has two put-away pitches on like Sonny Gray, which doesn't even feel like he has one put-away pitch. But if you don't necessarily have a swing and miss, swing and miss fastball, which Tanaka's fastball looked fantastic. He was really using it effectively against the Indians. And that's one of the things that made his start awesome is because he was giving you that splitter. He was giving you that slider low and the slider low and outside. And then he was putting that fastball high and inside, locating it well. And he was getting really some nice swing and misses. I get Boker's point because especially if you're, if Tanaka is trying, trying, trying so hard when it's a 3-1 count, when it's a 3-2 count, to put a strike in the zone, if he's trying so hard to, I have to get this guy out and refusing to walk anybody, then you give up the long ball. If you try to throw strikes too, if you, if you try too hard to throw strikes, you're trying too hard, bro. You're trying to throw strikes too much, then the, the long ball is, can happen. The thing I'll say is that a lot of the home runs he allows are early in counts. I mean, he doesn't get deep in counts a whole lot. He's pretty, he doesn't. like you said, he's very efficient. 
Right. And and, and here here's the thing I'm gonna argue about Tanaka. You're gonna tell me this guy has been a baseball veteran for almost 20 years now, and you're gonna tell him to change his whole repertoire just because he's gonna have home runs? No. He is a strike throwing machine, and he always has been. Always has been. If he goes one home run, okay. He gives up one run, two runs, whatever. It's still a good line. Who cares if it's a home run or not? Let him no. pick he's meant to pitch. No, you know why? Why? Because, I, because I'm going to throw a little shade here, Renato, because then we, we all know what you're going to do is you're going to come out and you're going to say, Tanaka should have been taken out. This shouldn't have happened. Oh, it's Boone's fault. It's this fault. It's that fault. No, no, no. No. I never said for him to change anything. I said simply nibble a corner occasionally. He doesn't nibble a corner is what I'm trying to say. Although he's got you there, Renato. He's got you there. Boker's got you there. You do. I, 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 I'm putting that aside right now. Put that aside. I'm not, no, don't put that aside. So Renato has the tendency to overreact to a lot of things, but that's besides oh, yeah. the point. One, that's besides besides the point. The point. So, One nothing game, bottom of the first. It's over. It's <laughs> over. We suck. Good. Get this game over. Move on to 2019. I'm throwing the towel. <laughs> All right. So Michael Bokra, in his explanation, mentioned uh, Aaron Boone for a brief second. So I thought there were there were a couple instances this series. I would say probably two or three where we had some questionable choices and decisions by our lovely manager Aaron Boone and even like a funny moment like how all right let's just let's just put this out there first this is this is the funny moment how funny was it to see him go absolutely berserk and get thrown out of a game was and then he was totally wrong <laughs> that was pretty hilarious actually i'm like why are you arguing you, you lost the case bro. and then again like i said this was a really good moment for like quotable like reading the lips moments this week so then he did like a you know that meme of SpongeBob where it's like dirt, 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 where it's like, so basically what happened was it was like Aaron Boone was like arguing with the umpire. And I guess at one point the umpire said it hit the bat. And then Aaron Boone said, it hit the bat. Of course it hit the bat. <laughs> so there's, there's a few gifts. I'll, I'll try to see if I can. So follow me on Twitter at jpenick 74 and also yeah, no, I'm going to put it on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at jpenick 74 then you can see it there. So he was like, it hit the bat? Yes, of course it hit the bat. And it was funny because he sounds he sounds like a mouse. And I really want to yell. I really want to like be in the moment when he's like yelling and screaming. Anyway, so that was funny because he was wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Boone, he didn't exactly hit bat, uh, hit bat, whatever. Boone didn't exactly bat a thousand this series. And even nope. this week. Nope. There was bullpen mishandling. Yep. There was a hit and run situation with one out. Definitely. Yep. Down yep. two, bottom eight. Judge goes the first time and Aaron Hicks fouls it off. There was an element of surprise the first time that Aaron Judge did it. Everybody was like, whoa, okay. Aaron Judge just tried to steal with two strikes and one out and you're and you're down two. Okay. But then the next pitch, Aaron Judge does the same thing. And it is an inning ending. Strike him out, throw him out, and the Yankees wind up losing that game. So, what do we want to start with first? Actually, let's just start off with the, because I feel like this is going to take less time to get through. Let's just start off with the hit and run with one out, down two, bottom eight. What do we think? Let's have Michael Boker go first. 
I don't want to go first with this one. Okay. I want to let Renato go first. Renato, no, no, no. no. Go first. I want to no. Let's have an unbiased um, opinion here. Let's have Brett go first. Brett. So, do you know the situation that I'm talking about, or do I need to repeat it again? How Which are you doing with this? It? it was against the Indians. Okay. Four-two lead in the okay. top of the eighth. JoJo's on first. Hicks had a full count. He he, he fouled out the first pitch, and then. Uh, judge was going. He swung a miss in the second pitch. Judge won. He got caught stealing for the double play in the end. Okay, so the, the, Yanke- the Yankees are winning or losing this game? Losing 4-2. 4-2, top of the ninth, or top of the eighth. Eighth, yeah. Okay. Yikes. No. No. No hit and run. This is- Wait, Carlos Stan on deck, too, by the way. Yeah, no. That was a mistake. That was a clear mistake. Yeah, and something that I heard today, that... Aaron Hicks has never grounded into a double play this year. He hasn't grounded into one double play this year. Wow. Mm. See, that, that's, 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 okay, okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, but was that the game when Stanton came next at bat? He hit a home run. Yeah, but you can't really you can't really count that though because it was against a different pitcher and a different inning, different circumstance. Like, yeah, that's kind of like the the icing on the cake when Giancarlo <laughs> Stanton comes up in the top in the top of the ninth inning and he hits a you know leadoff home run. But you can't really be like, oh, well, that that's Boone's fault, you know. So, but it's what is Boone's fault? And he came out and said this after the game that he said that I really shouldn't have sent Aaron Judge, at least the second time. So Brett doesn't like the move. Renato, what do you think? At the time, I was in favor. And the reason why I was in favor is because I wanted the Yankees to get some runners in motion, start getting some, some offense going. But looking back on what Boca just said in terms of Hicks not grinding to the whole play, I, then I'm going to disagree with my own decision on that one. I, I, I second-guess myself, and I think it was a bad decision. Send Judge as well. I I agree with everybody. I figured this wouldn't take much time. Um. I like it the first time, right? Like, right. Judge goes the first time. You're thinking, oh, Aaron Judge isn't really going to run. But then he goes, and it's like, oh, okay, he went. Is he going to go again? Hicks had the Hicks fouled it off. There was an element of surprise that was present. Then he goes again. Strike him out, throw him out. I don't like it the second time. You know, was it worth it? I really don't think it was worth it because you're down two. Right. Like, Aaron Judge's, that run is meaningless. You need to get Aaron Hicks on base. That's what you need. And, of course, you know, if Aaron Hicks puts the ball in play and it's a double in the gap, then, of course, it's it's a fantastic move. I just the, – the upside of that working was not worth and does not outweigh the cost of it not working, and it ended in the most terrible of ways. Right. So that's over with. There was some bullpen trouble this week. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah. So Michael Bokra was the first one that kind of wanted to jump on Aaron Boone for bullpen issues. I have my rant. Renato probably has – I don't know. Renato, do you have something little little something planned for Boone with bullpen trouble? Oh, oh yeah. I got a lot to say about that. Number. All right. Well, everybody is going to be extremely efficient. Okay, fellas? Okay. Extremely right. efficient. Boker, you're wants, up. Oh, I was going to ask who wants to go first. Boker, you're up. I'm up. I'm getting I'm getting really sick and tired of this. 
with uh, Boone and this the bullpen mistakes. Tell, tell it's us, constant. Tell us what you're referencing first. What I'm referencing to is we have arguably the best bullpen in baseball. What game? What game are you referencing? Uh, is it Sunday's game? Sunday's game. Yes, okay. correct. Sunday's game. We have arguably the best bullpen in baseball. We we take we put Chad Green in. No problem with Chad Green. Absolutely love Chad Green. We put him in. Good move. He goes, gets through the inning, but then we keep him out there again for another inning. Last year, last year's Chad Green, that was fine. You could keep him in two innings. This year, he simply something was t- is taken off a little bit. Don't know what it is, but he cannot go two innings. A lot of these guys cannot go two innings. But Tances is another example. We saw this in on May 30th against the Red Sox. But Tances comes in. First inning, low pitch count, gets through one, two, three. What does Boone do? Sends him out there for a second inning and then gives up a home run. And then there goes our lead, and then we lose that game. We lose the game Sunday because what happens? We leave Chad Green in there two innings. I'm getting sick and tired. We we keep on – I'm going to reference to – Trial and error, trial and error. Which guys can we leave in for two innings? Which guys can we leave in for one inning? The answer is simply you can only leave in maybe two guys for two innings. That might be Holder, arguably D-Rob, maybe uh, A.J. Cole. Warren. And Warren I'm a little iffy with, so I'm not going to go two with Warren. I'll go. I'll go one with Warren, but the the re- the rest you cannot go. And here's another thing that's getting me that got me pissed that game. We are in an All Star break. That after that game, it was the All Star break. I would have brought in another arm. I would have brought in another arm. I don't care who you bring up. I don't care who you bring oh, well, up. No, you're, you're, you're in the. You're going into the All Star break. There's four days rest. Four days rest. Bring in another arm. You can't. Don't rely on one great bullpen guy to do what another bullpen guy could do. You have so many arms. Utilize them. It's not. Oh, I got to use this guy to the max. Uh, no. It, uh, it's stupidity, and I'm and I got and I'm pretty pissed about that. Because this, it's not just, oh, this happened one time. It's happened multiple times where these games could have been wins, and we just gave them up. Renato? I, I think I'm going to go back to, to your theory since the beginning with the analytics. Remember that, Justin? Catch me the analytics. I think this has been an analytics-type decisions that Boone has been making. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it at all. Like, you need to have a feel. Like, Joe Girardi had a feel for, for when to bring these guys in. Um, like Boker said, the All-Star break is the next day. You have four days off. You tell me you're not going to bring in Batansic, Chapman, D-Rob, and anybody in that bullpen. You're going to let Green pitch with two, two plus innings? Insane. Yeah, that, that, that's what got me. You know, it's common sense, right? Like, I'm sense. not, I'm not a, I'm not a manager. I didn't play baseball for that long. I've only been watching baseball for a few years now, but I have common sense. You have an all-star break coming up, right? 
four plus days off. Everybody in your bullpen is available besides David Robertson. No, I think even even D Rob's available. No, he was no, he wasn't available because he pitched an inning and a third the night before. Okay, and he has four days off. He's Just, available too. You know what? Give him get. That's not the biggest deal if you're if if David Robertson is the one guy that's not available for the day. No, I know, but I'm saying, but you have this still four days off. He could pitch another inning. It's not a big deal. Right. You got, it's two innings in the playoffs. So, so you yeah. have Adam Warren available. You have Dylan Patances available. You have AJ Cole available. Who, hey, you want to know what? Let's if let's why not give AJ Cole a shot in Jonathan game, Holder. Hello, in Jonathan high Holder. Lever, in, in somewhat of a high leverage game. AJ Cole has been fantastic. You have Jonathan Holder. That was a holder scenario for me, right? That was a holder game, right? A little, a little later in the game, but really, no? why not? Why not? Why not? Who else? Am I missing anybody else? And then maybe you have Dave Robinson. So that's, you know, Adam that's Warren. five guys. I and I think I already said Warren. I don't think you did. You, you told me Adam Warren. I told yeah. Okay, so I told you Adam. Well, that's five, six guys, and then you have, of course, Chase and Shreve. If come if it comes down to it and you really have nobody left in the bullpen right. plus a role Chapman. I didn't say Chapman. So you have five, six, let's just, let's just stick with this number five, six guys in your bullpen that you can turn to instead of keeping this guy out there for another inning. Cause he, I know even though he didn't get exactly one inning, he came in and there was a runner on base and there was already one out. High leverage. High leverage. It, it was a high, it was a high leverage situation and the pitch count was low. I get it. But Chad Green, same thing happened in the Baltimore series. Came out there for the second inning. Yeah, he finished the two innings, and he got the two innings of work, but he allowed runs. And there have been times this year where Chad Green has gone out there, and he's pitched two innings, and he's been fine. But for whatever reason, the same Chad Green that we had last year, the Swiss Army knife of Basically, what Jonathan Holder is for this year, we can throw you out there at any time, any moment, any day, home, away, Monday through Friday, twice on Sunday, we can throw you out there too. Can't do that this year. Can't do that. Teams are unfortunately starting to pick up on the fastball. I've been a big fan of the Chad Green fastball, Mariano Rivera-like movement on the pitch. I, I know hot take right there, but he's got to develop some of the secondary stuff. I never thought I would say that. Either Mariano with the fastball. When did you see him pitch two innings in a regular season game? It was rare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was maybe postseason, right? You know, postseason definitely, but in the regular season. But I also I don't like the Aaron Boone approach. I all right, I like it because I would much rather have you coddle a guy than him be hurt on a fifteen day DL, on a thirty day DL, on a sixty day DL. If you use him too much, right? Look at what happened with Chapman when he went to the Cubs. They used him way too much, and he was literally shot for an entire year. I would rather you have a coddle a player, but common sense. You have an all-star break coming up. Use the arms. The fact that Aaron Boone was asked after the game on Sunday, why didn't you go to another arm earlier? He said that he was afraid of the game going into extra innings and then having to over <laughs> and then overextend his guys. So what? You so got what? you you got Cole and Shreve for that long relief. Worst comes to worst, you go to Sunny Gray. You're oh, in an all-star. No. Use your friggin' head. 
Oh my. Because <laughs> then what you do it because you want to you want to try and get more out of another guy so another guy can sit and relax or you know and, and also you can even make this argument of not putting certain guys in the lineup and having your planned off days, right? This is kind of like the same thing, except now we're just talking about the bullpen. You're virtually giving away games. Yep. You are this lazy kind of half-ass approach of let's just see what happens if I run this guy back out there. You are virtue. If guess what? If you're gonna play and try to manage the game half-ass, the results are going to reflect and show. Aaron Boone, if you're willing to part ways with some games by running out Chase and Shreve in high leverage situations, by running out, you know, Adam, let's just say I, I love Adam Warren. Adam Warren has great numbers. By running out Adam Warren in tie games, the results are going to show. And the Yankees have been so lucky at some points this year. You look at that game against the Mariners. We gave up that game. We gave that game oh, up. I was at that game. I could I could tell you for that, that that was automatic loss. But this team has such a desire and such a power to keep fighting, keep fighting. But there's also times where Aaron Boone, by his certain decisions that he makes, where he throws his arms up and say and says, "Oh well, you know, oh, oh shucks, it's an it's an oh shucks kind of move." But. These oh shucks moments that he's having is costing us games that should be won. And I'm not pushing any panic buttons, but right now we're four and a half games behind the Red Sox who keep winning no matter what what happens. They keep winning. And these oh shuck moments are going to royally come back to screw us in the end. And Aaron Boone was also asked about, hey, do you uh, do you scoreboard watch the Red Sox? He's like, no, I don't really do that, but I see that they're winning every day. Oh, oh, really? You see that they're winning every day, huh? So, you know, like it's just common sense. I feel like we, we're going to be repeat. We're, if we keep on going, we're going to be repeating the same things over and over again. But common sense. You have off days coming up. You have all these guys available in the bullpen. And they're, guess what? They're really damn good pitchers, too. It's really? not like you have just some Joe Schmo coming off the street. Uh, yeah, the best street. bullpen baseball. It's, it, yeah. And it could get, and this is why, because of the way that Aaron Boone manages this bullpen at times, not all the time, this is a team that's 30 plus games above 500. And if this were any other, if this were any other season, we have a five game lead on second place in the division. Okay. So this isn't like we're totally pissed and we want to fire Boone. It's just common sense. And sometimes that's really lacking with him. He needs to recover in the second half and start making better decisions. Well, that's what's going to happen. We're going to lose to Boston. We had the second, no, I think second or third easiest schedule in baseball. Yeah, it's very, right. the strength of schedule from here on out is like, so, so easy. These are winnable games, winnable series. You could catch Boston. You still play them nine times. Ten. You, you don't catch Boston. Ten. We play them ten more times. Ten times. Sorry, don't sorry. panic. No, I mean, obviously we're saying don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. I really don't think anybody's panicking. Don't panic, but, but even when. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. The intense, the intensity is kind of notched because every game is so important. Right. It, it really is, and that's what really that's what makes it fun. You know, the fact that we're not just like the Cleveland Indians who are just waiting for the season to end because they're in such a bad division. This is fun. Like it's 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 fun, and every decision and every moment and every hit, every run, it's oh so important. And every 
decision to let maybe this guy sit for a day and bring this guy in or try to extend him. I think it's going to take a few more times specifically for Chad Green. It's probably going to take probably three more times of Aaron Boone trying to extend Chad Green um, <laughs> for him to finally realize that, hey, we can't pitch him more than one inning. Besides the point, I think we're going to wrap up there, fellas. Is there anything else that anybody wants to say about anything before we really wrap up and I do my outro? No, I don't have anything else to say. Just tip, just my tip for Tanaka and, <laughs> and my tip for Aaron Boone is common sense. Um, I'm, I'm going to say let's come out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and let's sweep these Mets, please. Like, let, let's just sweep these guys. That would be nice. Like, let's start off. The second half, nice roll, nice winning streak. Let's catch Boston. Let's do that. Yeah, I, I, the Yankees really, really need this all-star break. And I think that's kind of like a, a no-shit Sherlock kind of statement because every team needs the all-star break. Every team needs kind of like a break. But really specifically to get – They were dragging. They were dragging the last two weeks. Yeah, really, to get Glaber back, to get Gary back – Severino kind of looked like he really needs this kind of break. And it's so it's, this is a really smart part on Boone to skip his start this time around right. and kind of give him that extra rest, especially since he's going to be pitching during the all-star game. But I think that's really, it's going to be one inning and it's basically just going to be like a bullpen day anyway, but good move on Boone's part, giving Severino the rest. Let Sonny Gray go out there and do what he like, has to do, you know, move everybody else up a day. Chapman needs the rest with his knee. Everybody needs the rest. I think they all do. Think and I hope we're going to see some good baseball play because we're really going to be playing some easy teams. So that's going to wrap up. This is episode number seven of Bleeding Blue. Episode number eight is going to be our trade deadline special. Woo! Trade deadline special. You get two episodes in one week then that's going to be what we're going to do. I think Giants training camp is coming up soon. It's coming up within the next few weeks. I'm so excited for that. Don't this, boo this the Giants. Week, not. It's not. Is, is it coming this week? No, it's not till like the 26th. Oops. Oh, That's next week. Next All right, so Giants training camp is coming up next week. We'll probably have an episode, maybe not next week, but then the week after that for the Giants. I want to do one per week for the Giants once training camp starts. Exciting things going on for the Yankees, especially a lot of exciting things since we barely even talked about. We didn't even talk about it at all this episode. No trade deadline talk. That's because we're saving it for Thursday to be released on Friday. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Let's go Yanks, and let's bleed blue.